Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route to the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption. It's just amazing how quickly these weeks crawl by and there's no sighting of John Boland. But you know what? That all ends right here, right now. What have you been up to, John? Uh, just working, um, enjoying the fall weather. Finally cooled off enough that I don't kill myself working outside in the heat. It was a hot summer. Uh, I see them trying to convince everyone it's the hottest summer on record. Now, I do not in any way, shape, or form believe that because we had about five days of heat. And I know there are parts of the country that had uh, extreme heat. M- majority of the country did not have extreme heat. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's mostly propaganda. All, all I can testify to, Trent, is what I felt this summer when I was working. <laughs> <laughs> and you lost eight pounds. But it, it's you know what? It's it's really weird though. It's July and August, it gets hot, and then December, January, February, it's cold. It's weird. How do we explain that? Uh I'm fixing to tell you that history tells us every time after a summer like this Mm -hmm. bundle up the winter is going to be a doozy yeah well that's all right that's all right i don't mind winter too much anymore everything slows down at least for me um and uh i enjoy just sitting by the wood stove you know yeah work a little bit I enjoy going out there and try to get those waters thought out for livestock to drink when it's 20 below wind blowing up my address. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always a good time. How did the garden every turn year, out? Every year I, I we talk about um trying to figure out ways to keep water from freezing for the animals and every year winter comes back and we haven't done anything to remedy so we just <laughs> keep Keep breaking ice. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. What did you say? How'd the garden turn out? Yeah, how'd your garden turn out? It it did really well. Honestly, I the, the only complaint that I have, I mean, it was a dry, it was a dry year. So we had to do a lot of watering. But um I I crowd I tend to crowd too much in to, to little spaces sometimes, and then it it's just kind of uh it kind of in the in the long run, it ends up being not as productive as it could be if you give it a little, give yeah. things a little more space and pay more attention to to uh, the stuff that you really enjoy eating and and using. So it's I I, I try to put too much variety into a small space. So I, I'm I'm learning as I go. But it's interesting you, that you're mentioning garden this morning because I want to show you this. Uh, and I know that this is rural route, so your listeners won't see this, but you will. Um, this sweet potato. <laughs> Are you sure like a, that's a, that looks like a groundhog? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like it looks like a heart. Look at that. See? I, I took nobody. That nobody it's has that sweet, big of a heart. That's a groundhog. Sweet potato is good for my heart. It's as big as my head. It is. You know, I have a small head, but I mean, that's a, that's a big potato. Yeah. That was the first one I dug out. 
and I, I stopped digging them because I need, I got to get ready to put them up somewhere. So I'm not going to dig anymore. That just let, let the, the earth preserve the potatoes until I'm ready for them. Marty tried to tell me that he has an uncle that lives in Montana and that he des- he decided that he was going to stop digging his potatoes and storing them in a, a basement storm cellar where I've got mine mm-hmm. and just let them in the ground until he wants them. And, and I can't, for the life of me, figure out how that works in a place where the ground freezes. Yeah, I mean, if... I, I think it would be a great a great way to preserve them if maybe if you layered some straw on top of them or something, give them a little bit of a a little bit of a blanket there. But I did you say Montana? Yeah, Montana. It it tends to get just a little chilly in Montana. It does. It? I just don't. I, I I've got to see this before I believe it because I'm probably going to go pull. I got one one planting left. I did an early planting of potatoes and. My and I, I think I told you I did the new approach where I didn't put them in the ground. I just laid them on top and then covered them with straw. Yeah, yeah. I hit a home run on that. Mm-hmm. But I think today's the day, mainly because I'm home today, not traveling. Is I go pull them out now. I got to find find a place to put them. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you have a basement at your house or a cellar, an old cellar? Or I have a basement, and uh, yeah. and then my uh, my in laws have got potatoes everywhere right now in their storm cellar which is mm-hmm. in the side of a hill out back behind the house perfect and uh strangely enough it never got below 72 some of those days in that storm cellar which i thought was strange when it was in the earth but anyway um mm-hmm. yeah that's what i'm gonna do but you don't put any water on them you just leave a little dirt on them and put them in there yeah yeah keep the put them somewhere dark and just a little bit humid, they'll be fine. And I'm not sure I finished my statement is I, I didn't bury them. I just covered them with like eight inches of straw. And so you don't mm. dig them. You just find the root and go find the potatoes. And I noticed this year more than normal, and I see that on your, your groundhog sweet potato, <laughs> there's like, I don't know what you call them, but runners off of the potatoes more often than ever. And you got two runners mm-hmm. that look like groundhog feet on your <laughs> I thought that was the aorta and uh, whatever those <laughs> back valves are. This one might be clogged with cholesterol. It, that one there might be. I don't know. You're not um, going to fall prey to that cholesterol nonsense, are no, you? No, that's exactly why I said it. That's exactly why I said it, because I know your stance on that, and I agree. I, they, they tried to put me on statins in my early 20s because I'm genetically predisposed to so-called high cholesterol but i no longer believe those genetic uh lineages either people are genetically predisposed to cardiovascular disease genetically predisposed to cancer i'm not buying any of that anymore john oh really interesting no i Mm. think that i think that's it's 99 health and lifestyle yeah no, I, I agree with that. I, I don't know what the percentage, would, you know, but I, I do absolutely agree that we've been pumping our bodies full of additives and preservatives and ultra processed garbage for so long. Yeah. That, you know, I, I just saw something about margarine. And of course, I've always known that margarine's 
just chemical laden, but it has some of the same chemicals as paint and some of the other stuff like that. And I, I haven't used margarine. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time it, it, it would have been by accident if I've used it in the past. Usually they years. call it one molecule off of plastics. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's it. It did say something about that. Yeah. Plastic and paint. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but I use copious amounts of butter. I mean, it's like, Oh yeah, I do too. Kelly continues to say, if you keep this up, you're going to be milking a cow because we can't keep up with the butter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a foolish threat for her to make because if I get right. a cow, I'm not the one going to be here milking the cow. Exactly. That's exactly right. We all know Kelly's going to be taking care of all that. She's talking about getting goats again, though. Yeah. Well, there's the goat milk, too. That'd be fine. Goat butter, goat milk. Yeah. What? You you hesitated. You 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 just like the whole the whole cow's milk. That's your I just milk. yeah, I just want Jersey cow. Yeah. I I'm not anti I, I I mean if you're gonna go milk something by hand, it looks to me like it'll be a lot easier to grab a hold and milk a Jersey cow than it try to find that <laughs> gland on a goat. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we'll just leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> John Boland finding his level of comfort when talking about mammary glands. We've just reached it. So let's just take a break and we'll come back with the second leg of the journey. John joining us from Indiana. See what else is on his mind and his radar about our loss of rights. Back with more after this. Right off the bat today, let's talk about the beef business, in particular certified Piedmontese Great Plains cattlemen have worked hard at putting together a consistent supply of tender beef. How do we know it's tender? We test every animal for the genetic makeup. And we use the Piedmontese sires. The Piedmontese cattle have rapid muscle growth, which means little fibers, easy to chew, which is, quite frankly, going to be beneficial for you. Get Oh, I maybe just came up with the tender beef line. Easy to chew, which is obviously going to be benefit to you. Details about CP Beef, and if you want to prove me right or wrong, go to the website, certifiedpiedmontese.com. You can have it ordered and delivered directly to your location. We're going to continue to make changes and keep you abreast of what's happening in the world of property rights erosions at freesoilcoalition.com. Go to the website. Check it out today. I'm going to make some big changes and uh, movements today on the homepage, freesoilcoalition.com. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside. Did you happen to catch John Bolin um, across the pond this morning? No. So no, I was busy trying to find a good Wi-Fi signal so I could call you. <laughs> so <laughs> on Thursdays, you know, I have my two comrades. And by the way, Andrew has been gone for nearly two weeks. He's back today. He he and his wife took a much-needed vacation to four countries, Italy, France. Uh, wow. I'm not sure what the other two were. And then he soon, came back. Soon to be the U.S. Soon to be the U.S., because yeah. John Boland's joining us on the We Do Rent Pigs tour. We do. What'd you say? We do rent pigs? We do rent pigs tour. <laughs> First I've heard of that. That's that's a you know, we that's what we've devolved to from the Arise USA Faith, Family, and Freedom. Now it's we rent pigs. 
We do rent pigs. That's, wow. Okay. And I and I've already committed to joining, so now I can't back out. <laughs> what am I getting myself for, into? For, Okay, just as a reminder, because I actually have not talked about it for a while, October 22nd, Quincy, Illinois. It's actually Perry, but we will be spending the evening in Quincy, Perry, John Wood Ag Center. And then on the uh, 23rd, we are going to be east of Janesville, Wisconsin at uh, Rock Rock Something Dairy. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, TJ. TJ Tolls Dairy. Anyway, that is on Monday, the 23rd. On Tuesday, the 24th, Key Largo, north of Slayton, Minnesota. We're going to be there. And all of these places that we're going to be is from 4 to 7 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Key Largo on the 24th. October 25th, Brown County Fairgrounds. Big announcement just today, made today. Mm -hmm that the Erdman Angus family, 80 years of genetic selection for Angus cattle. How fitting is this, John Bullen? We're going to be donating an Aberdeen Angus heifer. The Erdmans are, not we. The Erdmans are donating an Angus heifer, and we're going to auction off that heifer. John Bullen will be auctioneer, yeah. and we're, we're going to divide. <laughs> There's, there are four yeah. FFA chapters in McPherson and Brown County, South Dakota, and the proceeds of that particular benefit auction are going to go 100% to those four FFA chapters. Excellent. And if, if Excellent. you have an item that you'd like to donate for that, there'll be an auctioneer that'll sell that off too. And then, okay, that's on October 25th. October 26th at the Black Leg Ranch, McKenzie, North Dakota. That's going to be a great time. Greg Hager for sure is going to be with us. Greg Hager, you met Greg at the Arise USA tour in uh, Minokan Grove in North Dakota that year. He's going to be singing. He might travel with us more than just that night in McKenzie, North Dakota. October mm -hmm. 27th, Broken Boat, Nebraska. More details about that coming soon. And then the big one from 11 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, October 28th, Brush, Colorado at High Plains Cattle Supply. So that's what the do Re We Do Rent Pigs tour it's really the across the pond regaining control for the farmer tour. But mm -hmm. what happened was, and all details are at loosetailsmedia.com. But John, and I'm going to get back to my original question, the reason I walked through all this stuff. But what happened was that, um, you know, it's just funny, but everybody repeats what Gus said from Lonesome Dub once in a while. And they said, we don't rent pegs. And I shared that clip with Jim and Andrew from the UK and these Scots neither one got it nor thought it was funny it's like how can you not think we don't rent pigs is funny so apparently uh, i'm not up on my scottish heritage but we mm -hmm. we isn't a scottish term so i just latched on to we do rent pigs on this scottish tour <laughs> well i don't know these guys don't know what they're getting into i don't they have no that. idea True, that's a true story. Oh, man. They have no idea. <clears throat> well, so all of that, loosetailsmedia.com. Now, back to the issue of the day. Jim mm -hmm. and Andrew today on Live Across the Pond, because from 6.30 to 7 Central Time, every morning we go live, and you can catch that at beck.news, B-E-K.news, or on my Rumble channel. Mm -hmm. They believe that the world is ready for a revolution. 
They believe, in, and they're not talking about taking up arms and going to shoot somebody, but they believe that mm-hmm. the masses are ready to revolt against this tyranny and oppression that we clearly see yeah. at every turn. And they can tell me that from a, a UK, a France, Italy standpoint. We're not in yeah. the United States. Um, and that's a question. We're we're not, you said. We're not. You put, we're not. You we're not. We're, we're not. We're not at that point. There's not enough people uh, that fully see what's taking place to go do what, something about it. That's uncomfortable. What makes you? What makes you feel that way? Why do you think we're not? Because here? because we haven't <laughs> had it hard enough yet. Interesting. But it, I'm I, I'm posing it as I, a question because I want to know if you. Yeah, agree. yeah. No, because I I think that we are. I think we have reached it because especially in, in rural America, in the blue, blue collar working class circles, every single person that I talk to is, is fed up and ready to do something. It's like everyone's waiting for someone uh, to guide them in a direction that, that is um, uh, uh, the way to do it, the way, the way to have a, if there is such a thing, a peaceful mm-hmm. um, revolution, a peaceful uh, transition of power back to the people. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that there's a peaceful solution. I hope that it that we can that we can see some major changes in this country with without a lot of violence and and um, and stuff like that. But. I do believe that 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 people are fed up and and we're ready. Um, we're ready to to stop playing in this game. it's It's time to to take control back and and to stop participating in this machine that has been operating for so long um, on our backs. We there's I'm I'm tired of of making everybody else wealthy. I'm tired of of the taxes and and the overtaxing and the 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 price increases and 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 there's just the 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 fat guys are getting fatter and richer and the rest of us are struggling day by day just to try to get by. It's and that's that's what I hear from every person that I talk to. So your taxes are out of whack. Oh. That's a question. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. And they, mm-hmm. you know, people. Somebody was telling me the other day that they, you know, they were sharing their ideas of of tax reformation and stuff like that. And I said, well, if they stop taxing you on one thing, they're going to just tax you on another thing. They're, they 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 throw out these little um these little carrots, you know, to make you believe that they're going to ease up on us a little bit, but they'll just get the money somewhere else because this machine has to continue operating as it is. The The money, the flow has to keep coming in to these. And, and uh, where does the majority of your tax pay go? I don't know. I, re- I don't know the answer to that. Majority of your taxes you pay go to your local school system. Really? Oh yeah, look it up. I mean, just look at look at what you pay each year, and you pay more in property tax and taxes that stay in the local community than you pay that go to the federal government. Uh, 
And mm-hmm. at a time when we have uh, a public school system that is not teaching our kids a skill, not teaching our kids anything other than, hey, if you think you're a puppy today, you should come to school and be a puppy. Or, hey, uh, yeah, even though you have all the parts of a boy and you think you're a girl, we'll help you get there. All mm-hmm. You're paying more tax. And the kids are learning critical race theory. The kids are learning that uh, everybody that ever been trampled on, we need to give a reparation. And how many people show up at your school board meeting? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Great point. Three this week at the Loop City School District. And they increased their taxes and the levy again for a building project that we already have a building facility that would handle 500 students. We don't have 300. Mm -hmm. And there were three people there. Yeah, our local school just high school just totally redid all of their sport fields and everything else. It's and that all... will, and that will help them so much with preparing kids for a skill. Yeah. Second half, roll out just ahead. John Bolin. Now let's spend a moment talking about reliable energy, in particular electricity. See, God gave us a seam of coal in the earth, and then we take that coal, which we have an eight hundred year supply of, we burn it capture the energy produced, call it electricity, put it in a line, and we have the most reliable, affordable supply of coal that you can have. Coal is under attack, and as it is attacked, along with natural gas, your electricity supply is at risk. Get more details about how life is powered by coal and the information that would empower you to do a better job explaining in your community and in your family how important coal truly is. Go to the website, lignite.com. You'll see a tremendous group of people working together to provide you energy. Welcome back. Royal Route, Trent Loose, alongside John Bowen, checking in from somewhere in Indiana. Undisclosed location. My detached bunker. French Lick, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Gambling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We get right out of time. Uh, my dissertation is that people talk about how upset they are, but in the one place they can show up to make a difference, they don't. The school board. Or the county yeah. commissioner's office. They don't show up at a budget meeting. They don't show up at a school board meeting. And we, I, I'm driving the country every day, John. And the number of, of school buildings that I see with expansion and, and building projects, unimaginable. And I know it's spurred by a, a taxpayer-funded grant that came to the school from Inflation Reduction Act or something else. Mm-hmm. People don't show up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I'm I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I I, I don't I don't attend enough meetings. Um, the ones that I would really like to start attending here are the zoning, the zoning board meetings because it's interesting to me to see how um, incrementally our local government has has stripped away the rights of people to do what as they please on their property. Um, when I was a young teenager, my dad took me to the Morgan County Courthouse to attend a meeting. Uh, they had formed a group called uh, Morgan County Citizens for Freedom of Property Rights. And that was back in the, let's see, it would have been the late, late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, we've come a long way from that now where <clears throat> I did attend a zoning board meeting. I think it was last year, um, early last year. And um, it, it was just interesting to me that it, it, there was favoritism, you know, going on in the room and the, the big builders and the big contractors um, get special preference over the poor guy that's just trying to make a minor change on his property or trying to get a piece of property rezoned for some purpose of his, just his personal, um, whatever his personal project is that he's trying to do. And um, it just solidifies more and more that uh, my opinion of don't go ask, <laughs> don't, don't go ask them for permission, you know, yeah um it's your property do what you want and ask for forgiveness later i guess or explanation yeah. make make them explain to you why you can or can't do something that you're doing on your own property funny thing is today's trend on the loose i have a county commissioner from iowa and i i told him i said i i just don't understand why i have to come to you if i lived in your county to get mm -hmm. permission to put a deck on my house. Well, right. Why do you have the right to tell me, yeah, it's okay, you can put a deck on your house? No, no, I don't need permission to do that. And Steve's answer, and I think he's one of the best kind of commissioners, I've, okay, he's a supervisor in Shelby County, Iowa. Mm -hmm. His answer was, well, we have to ensure that what you're doing with your deck doesn't uh, impede the property rights of your neighbor. Well, I mean, if that's truly the case, then just get a signed paper from your neighbor says he's okay with what you're doing. Leave the government out of it. Yeah. If that's really the case, but it's, that's just another, that's an excuse, you know, and they, the homeowners associations, uh, it's speaking of decks, you know, I, I, I still do that for a living. I build decks and fences and stuff. I'm not self-employed anymore, but um, I, I still do that. And it's interesting because there are insurance companies that, if if you if you spend and and it's not uncommon to spend ten thousand upwards to fifty thousand dollars on a deck, especially one that's multi-tiered. You know, if you have a two-story right. home, or something. Yep. Um, but if that deck is not connected in some way to the house by you know bolting bolting one of the the um, the main joist or the the one of the boards to the house, to the foundation, if it's not bolted and there's storm damage, then insurance companies can deny a claim. If that, if that deck is not connected literally to the house and connecting the deck to the house is in my opinion, not a great idea anyway, because that deck's not going to last as long as your house. In most cases, it's going to need to be, removed rebuilt or whatever and if if the deck crashes down i don't want it to pull you know cause structural damage to my house but you know who am i that's just my opinion but that's just a little tidbit about all of the nuances involved in construction and building and how you have to make sure that all of these special or all these bureaucracies all of these groups that steal our money take our money away from us whether they're elected officials or insurance companies or you name it, you've got to jump through hoops to make sure yeah. everything's okay that you're doing on your property. <clears throat>
And, and and part of that is, you know, you don't want to, and obviously right now I'm in the throes of this CO2 pipeline mm-hmm. and you have big money cronyism who's winning the day. They think they are. They've yeah. had five denied permits, zero permitted projects. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign. It's a great sign. And the last one was the best sign because the Summit Carbon Solutions attempted to have the South Dakota Public Utilities Commission say that they do not need to comply with what the county ordinances are, that they can just comply with the state, which that's another whole level of property rights erosions. Mm-hmm. And the, the premise is that, well, we need planning and zoning so they don't just come through your property. no. If they don't have permission from me with or without planning and zoning, they don't come through my property. It's that right. simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be that simple. <laughs> it should be. Um, which which really renders planning and zoning useless. All it does is restrict, not assist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, these these uh, these elected officials are are you know they're supposed to be there doing what we want them to do, but how many do you know? How many have you met um, in just the past few years that you one hundred percent truly trust and believe are going to do everything that you? As as the voter and their constituents want them to do. Well, if it were a teeter totter, it would not be real level. <laughs> yeah, it, it might be heavily saturated on one side of that equation. Yeah. Well, and it it just you know, I, I visited Pennsylvania recently, and I I spoke at a an event there that some Pennsylvania state elected officials attended and, and a uh, individual from the U S Congress attended. And after I spoke, they got up and spoke and they all kind of um, confirmed the things that I was saying about the animal rights extremist and the, the uh, environmental extremist and, and the special interest groups that are truly running our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they all, basically nodded their heads and agreed and, and, and had their little things that they uh, said to try to make everyone feel like they're doing the job they should be doing. And it honestly, at the time, um, I, I felt, I felt good. It, it was great to hear these, these people saying the things that they were saying. And I shook their hands and we had conversations afterwards and, and, exchange contact information and all of that networking stuff. And then I got home and I had some people reach out to me that people that uh, two individuals that I know that, that do a lot of research on the legislative stuff and thank God for those people. Um, and they, they, they dig into, they follow the money and they, and they said, did you know that this one, uh, this individual that you were standing beside in this photo that uh, that they took money from Wayne Paselli and that they they scored high on the humane scorecard and they were saying standing there nodding their head 
at everything you were saying and, and agreed with what you were saying, but then behind closed doors, they're taking this filthy money. And I didn't know it, obviously didn't know it. And it just, it just disgusts me, you know, how people can be so hypocritical and so two-faced and, yeah. um, it's upsetting. It's, it's hard. It's hard to stay positive. It's hard to be optimistic that anyone that we vote for is going to do a damn thing that we really want them to do uh, right. without getting their pockets lined by these special interest groups. Um, I, I just wish I knew what the answer was because we say, well, vote them out. Okay. Vote them out. They're going to tell you what they want to hear, what they want you to hear on the campaign trail. And once they get in there, they, they get corrupted just like every, everyone else. So I, I just, it's disheartening. It's disheartening. I heard it best I, the other night, John, <laughs> Ryan, Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, believe Ryan's an epidemiologist from Idaho. And he's been on the front line of medical freedom. He's been on the front line of body sovereignty. And he mm -hmm. said, uh, I'm so disgusted with the image of the white coats in the medical profession. He said, I mm -hmm. think it's time we treat the white coats like a NASCAR driver. I want to see a sponsor logo on those white coats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, oh, that that's meant that. to be somewhat uh, comical, but it's not. It is no, not, not comical it's in not. any way, shape or form. And if every elected official had to wear a sponsor logo, that that's what we need. To, oh, that's a great idea. We're going to do that. John Bolin, yeah. you've just prompted a fantastic idea. It'll be a part of the We Do Rent Pigs tour. We're back with the last segment of Roll Route Right Brian Thompson had a fantastic idea yesterday as well. We visited him in the Apache booth at the Husker Harvest Days event. It was, uh, it was a great time, actually. And it was a great time, not because of uh, the show itself, but it brought people together. And the Apache folks understand people. It's a people business. The sprayer, the Apache sprayer, which makes food production more efficient, is just the excuse to get together and do business with one another. The Apache Sprayer has the technology, the reliability, everything that you need, but it's backed with service. Simpson Farm Enterprises from Hayes, Kansas. They get it done right. Locations throughout Kansas and one in Nebraska at Grand Island. SimpsonFarm.com. SimpsonFarm.com. Or check out HighPlainsApache.com as well. It's all about the three-legged stool. We got her done here. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside John Bolin, who suddenly now he's he's got a, a sponsorship logo on his shirt. I can see it. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. This, I wish I could find some more of these shirts. I love this shirt. It's 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 falling apart. It's if if anyone from Carhartt is listening, <laughs> this, this denim shirt is ten years old, and I don't think you make this one anymore. But hey, I need another one. This was <laughs> uh, kind of a funny story, actually, because if you'll remember, I had my one eighteen seconds of fame, and was in the movie The Stand at Paxton County, mm -hmm. and what you wore on that filming was. Way important. In fact, I had a vest 
that I wore, and it, it's the Pulse Growers, North American Pulse Growers, who I've worked with in a fantastic group trying to uh, bring about pulse crops to the Northern Plains. Mm-hmm. And that was embroidered in the in the the vest <clears throat> that I wore on the set, but I had that same little logo that you have on your shirt on that vest, and you know they cut that out; they would not let that on the set. Really? Yeah. So I mean, it's just something that everybody would wear, and they went out of their way to cut it out. So mm-hmm. think about that. Just just think about that in the bigger picture. You do see logos that look like they're just innocent little things in a movie or any film or any TV program or any uh, broadcast of a television sporting event. Mm -hmm. You need to know that if you're seeing that logo, (laughs) there's a reason. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So logos on doctor's coats is what we're, we're aiming for now. Yeah. And the politicians, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. All of that's uh, uh, here's the difference. The med, there is no disclosure where you can go evaluate and see online who's paying the doctors. There, Mm -hmm. all the data is supposed to be public on who's contributing to your elected officials. Now yeah. they've been they've been very clever on finding ways of putting money in your pocket without a disclosure of a pack payment, but you can at least get an idea of where the money's coming from with your elected officials or your selected officials, I should say. Right, <clears throat> right, and that that brings that brings a good point. Um, everyone that's connected, uh, the lobbyists and special interest groups. Um, You know they they they're not they're not held to those same standards. It's like FOIA is a great example, mm-hmm. Freedom of Information Act. There's these special interest groups that have all these ties to to our elected officials and to our uh, judicial system. Um, they don't have to they don't have to share any of the information that anything that they're doing that that could encroach on your on your rights. Um, they don't have to share it. They're not held accountable, but yet they're the ones that really are controlling this country. It's not the Department of Justice. It's not law, uh, law enforcement um, officials necessarily um, at high in high places. It's not our elected officials that's controlling the country. It's those special interest groups that are lining their pockets. Yeah, um, and you know, average Americans know that and understand it, but and let it happen. Yeah. We should demand accountability. It, it, to me, it comes back to the people attending the school board meeting or the county commission meeting. They don't show up. So you're not demanding accountability with the people you put in that position, which have the greatest impact on your ability to thrive in your own county. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it needs to go back. It needs to go back to education of, of people because you know, you, you say that people don't get involved and, and they, they don't, they don't. It's sad. And, and and again, I'm guilty of it also, but there's a lot of people that just, they want to get involved. They have a desire to get involved. They want a voice. They want an opportunity to speak and they don't know where to go, when to go there. Um, 
they don't even understand what a county councilman, a commissioner, um, a, a county clerk, they don't understand the different levels of judges. They don't understand what any of those people do mm -hmm. uh, because it's that kind of education has been removed from our public school um, institutions. And, and I believe that that's by design. They, they don't want, um, you know, how convenient is it that, that we just dumb down a generation or two that, that has no understanding of government whatsoever. Uh, and as long as, as long as there's bread and circuses, as long as we're, we're, we're feeding ourselves at the trough and we're, and we're entertained, that's all that matters to, to the masses of people. So we've come full circle. My question was pretty simple. Do you believe that people are fed up enough to where they are really willing to put themselves in an uncomfortable position for freedom? And it's not our freedom anymore. It's about our kids and those grandkids that you love. Uh, you told me yes at the beginning. Now we're saying no. No, I do believe. I do still believe that people are ready. I, I just think that that what we're lacking is is leadership and someone that that can direct people or an organization or a group of people that can direct people in the right way and what to do. Mm -hmm. And I do, but I believe that it, it goes back to, um, you know, we, we spoke a little bit about the Arise USA tour, but uh, Robert David Steele talked about um, putting groups together of, of a thousand people. And, and those, those people are the Minutemen of these meetings and and I do believe that that maybe that is the answer to rally enough people. But I mean, you can't get you can't even get people to attend a, a little a little township meeting. I mean, it's hard to get people. We have a community watch group uh, in the township where I live, and it's hard to get people to be involved in that. And and one of the people that kind of heads it up was frustrated and, and expressed his frustration to me in a text message and uh, a little group message. And he said, I, I can't believe not that there's not more people getting involved that, that are interested in the safety of their community and the well-being of the people in their community. And I told him, I said, unfortunately, um, they're not really going to get involved until something tragic happens out here. Yeah, true story. When something tragic happens, then they're going to be all over it and want to know how to get involved. But it just people are so complacent and so apathetic. And and quite frankly, people are just exhausted. People yeah. are mentally and physically well, exhausted. Well, you work all day and then you're told by some clown on a radio that after you come home exhausted and all you really want to do is do something you enjoy or spend time with a grandkid or whatever. But some yoho on radio says it's, there's a school board meeting tonight that's going to spend your tax dollars. You got to go do that until 1030. Mm -hmm. You just, yeah, I, mean, I mean, reality it, sets in. Yeah, it is. It is very challenging from and and I, I know it's frustrating from your perspective because you've been preaching this for 25 plus years and it it's frustrating to see that maybe they're I don't know if, if there's any changes or not but I you know honestly I I do I do feel optimistic that I don't know about the you know people getting involved in meetings and, and politics and different things like that um but I'm optimistic as far as as the working class um, 
and rural Americans, especially rural Americans, stepping up and, and really changing the way that they're doing things, the, they're, they, they, the people that they trust, the people they're listening to. I believe that, that since 2020, um, that the sleeping giant is, is waking up. Now, not as quickly as, as I would like to see or most people would like to see, but I do believe that, that the sleeping giant um, of we the people um, is waking up. It, there, you know, 2020 was, and all of the stuff that surrounded the so-called pandemic, um, I believe, was a test of comply or compliance versus resistance. And it, it was literally a test of the emergency broadcast system, and we failed. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I, I don't. I disagree. I disagree. We, we didn't. Uh, fail. We did. We okay. We, tell me why we. We didn't fail. Um, the people that that have that have stepped up and and started to um, prepare and and resisted the mandates. These are the people that that are going to save this country. The, I, I know, John, but there's how many people dying every week today because they succumb to being told they had to take the jab or be fired. We, we have to, I understand that too. And we have to give a lot of those people an opportunity to come back around, even though, you know, they're <clears throat> in some cases, um, they're, they're at the point of no return physically because of the choice they made. But as long as they're still here and breathing and capable, they can change. Yeah. They can change Thank their you. opinions. They can change their beliefs. They can come around. Uh, and and be better prepared for the next time because you and I both know there's going to be a next time and it's coming soon. Yeah, uh, they're going to try to push mandates again. And well, we will find out, won't we, if we failed or passed on that test of the emergency broadcast system because they're mm -hmm. broadcasting an emergency and we know that it's not for real. They're crying mm -hmm. wolf. But you have right. inspired me to take the Free Soil Coalition, not in a d different route, but you've now shown me exactly how I need to put that together. And so what I'm going to be doing the minute this program is over is a start suggesting that people let me know where each meeting is. It's coming up. If it's in Illinois, if it's in Colorado, let me know where it's at. I'll make a, a mm -hmm. post on Free Soil Coalition, get as many people there as I can. And then somebody at the meeting will just turn their phone on and talk into their phone for two minutes and we'll have a result of what happened. And I think if we start doing that and you can do that in Indiana, you know about a meeting. Right. If you're listening right. today and you know about a meeting that we need to show up at in force, let me know. I'll get the people to show up. John Bowen, your final thoughts of the day. Um, preparation. Preparation. You, you, you know, there's, there's, uh, the the old Abe Lincoln quote I, I've I've shared it many times. If Abe Lincoln said, if you give him six hours to sharp, to chop down a tree, he'll spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. And we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared. Whatever whatever is is your um, description of preparation, then you need to start acting on that. And it's it's through knowledge and education and training and and physical preparation. Uh, take care of yourself and take care of your family 
and be prepared for the next test because it's coming. FreeSoilCoalition.com. That's John Boland. I'm Trent Luce. We've journeyed down the path, connecting food producers to food consumers. The rest is all up to you because all roads do lead to a roll route. <laughs>